Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. So it's a good day to praise God. It's a good day to be in His presence. It's a good day to hear His Word. It's a good day to be with the saints in corporate worship. It's a good day. Today, I'm starting a series, different series. Um, It's called Politics of the Kingdom. Politics of the Kingdom. And uh, the subtitle today of that message is, But I Don't Want to Do That. That's the subtitle. And the title of the message is, What Should I Do? What should I be doing? What should I be doing? So during this time. Now, let me start off with uh, a conversation I had, uh, I think it's four years ago, during this time of year, uh, during the election time. Uh, I was talking to my brother and elder friend, uh, Sam Dorsey, and we were talking about voting and whatnot, and I said, "Uh, Sam, I don't want to vote. And you said, oh, that's not good coming from the pastor. But that's that's the truth. I I didn't want to vote. I didn't want to vote. Because I said, there's nobody to vote for. I don't want to vote. Because if I vote, that means I'm agreeing with whatever they stand for, and I don't want to vote. And Sam said, that's not, that's not right. You can't do that. You got to vote. Because if you don't vote, you're voting. And I said, hmm, what do you mean if I don't? Well, if you don't vote, then you're not casting a ballot for somebody, so that means that uh, your vote really doesn't count, and that means that other people's vote going to count, and you have participated even though you didn't participate. And I said, boy, well, how can I, before God, justify voting for somebody that I don't think God's going to support? And so that's how the conversation went. And so uh, it's that time again, uh, because most of you know a lot of my teaching is dealing with trying to walk the word out, and that one of the most one of the most well the most important thing really is a relationship with God, the values that that we have, and then the word of God, the second value, and then the third one is having the character of God. And when I see someone done, that really exemplifying, you know, the opposite character of what God is asking for, I said, well, uh, no way God going to support this person. Well, so be it. Um, that's how the conversation went. So anyway, uh, oh, let me explain to you before you start, before we start, uh, you know, partaking of what I'm saying, is that, uh, I don't say to anyone for the, it's been about 23 years now I've been pastoring and and I haven't told anyone from the pulpit that you should vote for X. You know I don't do that because I don't believe in playing God for somebody. You know you need to. Uh, do the things that we're going to talk about today, and God will will uh, speak to you, because that's what you want. You want God to speak to you, not man, and that's important. You want what God says, not what somebody else thinks. You don't want to just follow the crowd. You want to seek God, because that's what you sign up for when you sign up uh, to be a Christ follower. You sign up to be a Christian. You sign up to give your life to Jesus Christ. 
then you don't have a life, then somebody else shouldn't have that life. You should have given that life to Jesus Christ, so therefore he owns you, and he will tell you what to do. So uh, now that I've said that, now you understand, so there's no need to look for it. Sometime in the message, you're going you're gonna to tell us what to do. No, I'm not going to tell you nothing. <laughs> no. The only thing I, I tell people is what God told me to tell you 23 years ago uh, when I uh, took over the pastorship is speak my word. And that's what I've been doing. Speaking his word. That's all I do is speak the word of God. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now, the second thing, that's the conversation. That was the first thing. The second thing is um, I had to have an attitude adjustment four years ago. I had to have an attitude adjustment uh, because God is the one who sets authority in. All authority is from God. Now, I'm not saying that a particular person is of God. I'm saying that authority, he put authority in existence. And therefore, we should honor authority because it's God's doing for our sake. And he can remove and he can put in. He can lift up and he can put down. God can do anything he wants to. He doesn't need uh, us to help him with our mouth or with anything else. He needs us to do what he's given us the responsibility to do, and that's to vote. And you say, well, I, like I said four years ago, I don't want to do that. Well, whoopee. You might not want to do it, uh, but it's our responsibility because if God has put authority in, he expects us to uh, represent him with that authority. So that's what we want to do, represent Jesus Christ at the polls. That's exactly what we want to do. And so with the attitude adjustment I had to make, I said, well, okay, God, I'm making an attitude adjustment, and I'm still making it. Because I told you, I, th- I think about four years ago I told you that, and I've told you that before anyway, is nobody that's running for any office that's Jesus Christ. So therefore, we can expect whoever's running for any office that they're going to have some flaws. And they're going uh, and I don't care what party it is, and I think they said about the three uh, main uh, parties, they, they have about three main parties, and um, three people running for, or four people running for uh, president in the four parties. And I was surprised that the other, other parties and things like that are running, the people are running. But um, is that everybody, everybody falls short of the glory of God. Everybody. So if we're looking for somebody perfect, then you missed him when he was walking the earth. Because <laughs> you know? uh, he's not walking the earth now. We are. We're his body. So he expects us to do what we're supposed to do. Now, I finally had to do the right thing. Even though I didn't want to vote, I voted four years ago. And I'm going to vote again this year. So what should I be doing then? God, what should I be doing? Keeping a good attitude is one thing uh, because uh, watching the uh, presidential, I think they call it a debate, uh, why <laughs> watching that, uh <clears throat> I had to say, get your attitude right, Willie Taylor. Get your attitude right, buddy. Yo, you know, nobody's perfect, you know, nobody's perfect. And then the vice presidential debate, um, it, was a, it was a little better. Uh, but regardless, still, there are flaws. There are flaws. So 
Today's message, we're talking about what should I be doing? And the I is me, and of course, it's you too. What should you be doing leading up to the election and all those type of things? What should you be doing? What is God calling you to do? The first thing is that we should find out who's running for the different uh, the different things. Um, if you can get a, a ballot, you know, just a, um, want to sample ba- ballots, that would be good. Uh, but we have to know who's running for what. We need to know what the platforms are. And uh, if you if you really Google it and 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 look at the platforms, it's it's a long list of things that they are saying that they believe in and they want to do. Uh, but we need to be informed, in other words. Second thing is finding out what the party holds as important to them. Well, what are they trying to uh, do? The party you you think about supporting, or, or, or you can look at all the parties, whatever, is what are they proposing to do? What's important to them? Uh, we need to find that out. Another thing is that we need to find out, the third thing, we need to find out what each party says about the issues that are, that are important to God. Because you say, well, well, well God's, uh, his, his things are not on the ballot. Ooh, that's not good. Let's look at Psalm uh, 24, verse 1. If God, you know God always has an agenda. And when his agenda, agenda is not on the Bible, but not, on, on, on the ballot, nothing dealing with the Bible, then that's, that's not good because he always has something that he wants. In verse 1 it says, The earth is the Lord's. That's it. And the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it. So everything concerns God. So he's going to have something that needs to be on that ballot that he wants you to look at and see what you're going to do about it. So... If the earth is the Lord's, and one of the, one of the, uh, I guess, parties is called Green. I think I, think I have it right. Um, green. It was, it was talking about the four leading parties that I was reading about, and one is called Green. And so it's, it's some people who are very concerned about the earth. Is God concerned about the earth? <laughs> the earth is the Lord's. Yeah. So, in other words, we need to kind of look at things and, and see what God is saying. And, and, and I find that a lot of people don't do that. They don't do that. And some people are like I was four years ago. I don't want to vote. I don't want to do that. I don't want. I don't want to do that. And then some probably have already, and regardless of what year it is, made up their minds what they're going to do. But I think God, well, I know God is worthy for us to find out. God, what's your agenda? What What, what are you uh, wanting this year? And what's, what's important to you? Uh, don't you think he's worthy for us to ask that? Yeah. Another thing is to find out the track record of the candidates on God's important issues. What is this party saying about 
God's issue. What is that part of saying about God's issue? Another one is to find out the track record of the party that and the candidate that you, you know, you just agreeing with God. What's their track record? Because people can say anything, can't they? They can say anything. Oh, I'm going to do this, or I support this, or I do this, or I do that. But what's their track record? Because some people say one thing when they're running uh, for an office, and, but you look at their track record and say, that person didn't do that when they were over here in this office. They didn't do that. They were doing something different. So you want to find out that the track record of the person on God's issue. Another one is to find out which party and candidate agree most with God's word. Now, uh, you might say, well, none of them <laughs> agrees with God's word. Well, why don't, you, why don't you look at it? Why don't you test it with the Bible? Because you know uh, somebody going to agree with God's word. But which one agrees most? Most with God's word. We, we already know that there's no part, there's no candidate really that's going to agree with everything God says. In other words, they have already said, I am representing God. God has spoke to me. I'm going to lead with this Bible, and everything that I say, everything that I do is going to be from this Bible. This is what's going to happen. And I know that any candidate is going to have to follow the... uh, the party's uh, issues. So if you represent whatever party, then of course you're going to have to fall in line with whatever uh, that party agrees to. It becomes to me when I'm asking these questions and considering these questions, God, this is hard. You know, this is not no just rubber stamp something. This stuff is, this is serious. This is serious. Because it can affect us and our children. No, this is not no trivial thing here. Folks. Because whoever gets in, you're going to have to live with it for four more years. So it's serious. It's serious to our children, it's serious to the church, it's serious to the city, to the nation, it's serious to God. Now, <clears throat> a scripture is Matthew 24, 35. Um, let's look there. It, 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 because we may think that why is all this word of God stuff? This is not the church in the world here, that it's not the church. This is the world. So why worry about what the word of God says? Let's go on with the program of whatever uh, world they want to, to represent. Let's go along with it. No. God says that heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will not pass away. So what we want to do is make sure that we're voting in order to establish something that's going to last. Not just something that uh, somebody threw out that it sound good to somebody else or to the uh, largest group of people or whoever. We want to have something that is going to stand. It's going to stand. The Word of God is going to stand forever. We can't go wrong. We can't go wrong with the word of God. So I want to know which one is going to represent most the word of God. That's what I want to know. What else should I do? I should get prepared to vote. 
Now, if I'm not registered, you can go up there if you want to, but you're not going to vote. So you got to got to be prepared to vote. And the last thing is I should go out and vote. That's what I should do. It's no good to say, I want to vote. I'm going to vote this year. And then on election day, it's raining. And I said, well, well, I was was going to vote. I had all intentions of voting, but it's raining. I'm not going to vote. That doesn't get it at all. Now, this message can be uh, compared, and and this message can be uh, related and applied to a lot of different areas. Because I know that four years ago when I said I didn't really want to do that, there are things now in my life that are in, in the life around me I really don't want to do. And so just because I don't want to do it, is it the right thing to do? Is it a God thing to do? Or is it just something that really doesn't matter whether I do it or not? Yeah. Because I know that I don't like to cut grass. I really don't. Matter of fact, I don't like being outside much. When I said being outside, um, I don't like bugs. And so I don't like flies. I don't like gnats, you know. So picnics are not exciting to me. Camping out, um, I did when I was had a life group and we wanted to do things to, to have fun and things like that, but I hated it. <laughs> I did. See, I would say I don't want to do that, but I, I would do it because it ministers other people. Um, so that's a way you can apply things, is that because, see, it's not a good witness to Jesus Christ. It's, it's for our yard to look bad. And people come by our yard and say, oh, man, look at him. He's supposed to be a pastor. He's the worst-looking yard in the neighborhood. Uh, you don't want to do that because... And then give them a, a, a track, you know. <laughs> and their, their yard is manicured and looks good and things like that. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So it can be applied, message can be applied to other things. I know some things that you're probably, each of you, maybe don't want to do, uh, but you know it's the right thing to do and you do it. So it can be applied. Now, the first thing is... Uh, we're going to go through some things that, that's exciting to me uh, because when I say, God, I, I, I don't want to vote four years ago. I don't, I don't want to vote. Uh, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I don't want to vote. And if, if it's nobody candidate that I, I think that, that suits you, I just don't want to vote. And he gave me this because it might be somebody in the hearing of my voice, not you, here because I know all of you here you know, whooping and about voting and everything. You're excited. And, uh, but there are, there are people that feel the same way I used to feel. I don't want to vote. Because whether you believe it or not, some people don't vote. And <clears throat> I want to <clears throat> encourage people that's hearing my voice that I want you to vote because it's a, a, civic, a responsibility we have. And if somebody said, you can't vote, Everybody in your neighborhood can't vote. Then you will have a fit because you couldn't vote. But you can and don't want to. That's not, that doesn't get it. And, and don't worry about whether somebody is A-OK for God because he said, you know, I have, a, let, me, let, me, let me give you a scripture. He said, you remember this man named Cyrus? In the Bible, Cyrus? Yeah, I know Cyrus. Yeah, I read about him. Okay, he, he was the founder of the of Persian Empire. And, of course, they conquered Babylon. And when you're thinking about, because I was thinking about God can't use, four years ago, God can't use none of these people, none of them. And he said, who are you to say who I can't use? 
Did I use Cyrus? Yeah, he did. He, he used Cyrus. Uh, let's look at it in, in Isaiah 44. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 25. It says, It is I who says of Cyrus. Now this is Isaiah talking, and he calls him by name, and he said this is 200 years before Cyrus was born. God can do what he wants to, can he? He says that he is my shepherd. And God is calling this ungodly person his shepherd. He says, and he will perform all my desire. Wait a minute. This was ungodly. How, how, how is he going to perform your desire? He's not even a Jew. He's not even in your, he's not, no, it's not going to happen. God can do anything he wants to do. With anybody he wants to do it with. It says in the, in the word also, he said, and he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built. And of the temple, your foundations will be laid. So God can use someone who's ungodly to do his will. He can do that. That's a Oh, and you must have thought I was kind of really ignorant saying what I did four years ago. That there's nobody worthy of me voting for because God can't use them. Huh. Right. Number two thing, another thing here on, on this is that I'm going to go through some scriptures that show you how how ignorant I was four years ago on this subject and how I don't want you to be that way this year. What are a few things that God says in the Bible that any follower of Christ should try to lead others to follow? So any leader, the president of the United States, he'll be a leader. <clears throat> he is a leader. Whether it's the governor, whether it's the superintendent of schools, whether it's the principal of a school, whether it's a, a father in a household leading his whole household, whether it's a mother leading uh, her children, she uh, doesn't have a husband at home, uh, doesn't have a husband, whatever situation she has, she has kids, she's going to have to lead them. They, she has children. So I don't care what kind of leadership it is, that we have to lead according to the word of God. So I'm going to hit about six or so things here that God says to leaders. And I know that all of us here are leaders, whether you are leading uh, in, a, in a job situation uh, whether you're leading people who who you've been delegated responsibility and you have people under you, and so therefore you have to um, help them. You might be single. It doesn't matter. Everyone is called to be a leader of somebody because all of us should be able to say, follow me. As I follow Christ. So we should all be leaders. So I'm going to go over a few things that will be this instrumental. I thought in seeking God is so many things scripture wise that could have been put on the paper to do. But these are the things I was led to do. So one is Micah. Six, eight. Michael six eight. 
And uh, let's look there. I'm a leader. You're leaders. What is God calling for us to do as leaders? He says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? So in a leader, this is what God is requiring. And this was what we can try to aspire to ourselves and just submit to the Holy Spirit's sanctification in our lives to bring us there. But to do justice. Some version King James said justly. But what is when you look it up in, 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 in the Hebrew, what it's talking about is all the functions of the government. All the functions of the government. See, we divide the, our hours up into the legislative, judicial, and, and executive branches, but it's all the function of the government. God wants us to do just enough. Be just. To love mercy. And New American Standards is kindness, loving kindness. And to walk humbly with your God. Those are the three things that he's calling leaders to do. So I want to look at that and say, okay, now which of the leaders, you know, really uh, are fault? They, 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 they do just, they do justice. I mean, they, 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 they just, they are right on time. With that, they, they show mercy and love and kindness, and they walk humbly with their God. Okay, so I'm looking, and I'm reading, and listening, and seeing, seeing that. And uh, when I finish, you might say, man, I'm back to where, where you were last year. No, 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 don't go there now. Don't go there. Don't go there. Let's look in James chapter 1. Verse 26. It says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. So he's getting ready to tell us something that he's looking, looking for in us. <clears throat> and of course, we're looking for in leaders who lead us. He says, To visit orphans and widows in their distress. Now, when you know a, a widow, unless you look at the, read the Bible, uh, widows, they don't have anybody to look after them. Orphans didn't have anybody to look after them. And in foreign countries, they have, they have orphans on the street, and they, they don't have anybody to take care of them. And, you know, so that's why missionaries and, and people give money for orphanages so that they can, they can help out in those situations. And to keep oneself unstained by the world. So I'm looking and say, okay, who is helping the poor? Because widows are, are, are usually, widows are, are poor, they need, they need help. Orphans are poor. They usually need help. And sometimes you can give to uh, orphanages and things like that. And give to widows and, and things. Because God is looking for that. Because that's what he wants. Who's doing that? What part is doing that? I'm trying to see what, who to devote for because this is important to God. Are they looking out for the poor? Because some people don't look out for the poor. Some people don't care about the poor. Some people don't care about the widows and the orphans. It doesn't even cross their mind. But it crosses God's mind. So it should cross, cross our minds. So we're, we're looking for that. Romans 2, 10 and 11. Let's look there. These are just a few things. Now, you know, uh, you know the Bible is full of a whole lot. But I'm speaking just these things right here. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good. So God's looking for people who 
leading going to do good to the Jew first and also to the Greeks it's, a God, it's, it's important to God the Jews important but also the Greeks everybody so it says for there is no partiality with God so when I'm looking for part I'm, I'm saying well, what I don't want no partiality in the leaders because that's going to be a bad bad thing so God's not partial. He, he's going to, um, he's not going to treat one better than the other, one um, Greek better than the other, one Jew better than the other Jew. Uh, he's going to, he, he's not partial. Now, you say, well, well, he is partial. Uh, well, the word say he isn't, so you know, it, you know he isn't. Uh, but you say, well, but the, he honors the, he honors the Jews. Yes, he does. But he says so in his word. Beginning when he called Abram. Let's look in Genesis chapter 6. Since we want to talk about that. I said, okay, this is good. In Genesis chapter 16, chapter uh, 12. Look at chapter 12. 1 through 3. Then the Lord came and said to Abram, Go forth uh, from your country and from your fathers, from your relatives, and uh, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will Curse those who curse you. And in you, all families of the earth will be blessed. Now we know that the Jewish nation comes from Abram, and we know this is uh, Jews are God's people. So which, which, I wonder which um, party or candidates honor the Jews. Because, see, if you have a, a party... Who they don't honor the Jews. They are cursing the Jews. They they don't they don't they, they don't want to be around the Jews. Then that's not going to be God. If we if I say well I'm not going. I don't I don't like the Jews either. Well that's crazy. That's that's just like saying I don't like your children. Matter of fact I'm gonna curse your children. I'm gonna say bad things about them because that's what cursing is like Jesus cursed the fig, fig, fig tree it's not profane language it's just speaking evil of, speaking some bad things about it how are you going and, and I said well I like you but I just don't like your children and so therefore I don't want to be around your children when I come to your, your house to visit with you you make sure your children don't come around me because I don't like them can't stand them now how many of you say Oh, that's great. Come to dinner. Man, you don't want to be around me. And, and God, we're all God's children, but do you understand what he said about the Jews? He's going to uphold. And I don't care how your children are. You love your children. And therefore, if somebody loves your children like you love your children, you're going to like your children. You're going to like them too. And if they don't like your children, you're not going to bless them. And so God has already said, I'm going to bless those who bless you, Abram. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to bless them. But I'm going to curse them if they curse you. So whose side do we want to be on? God's side. So whatever God says in his word, that's what I want to be around. I want to be blessed. So as a church, we're going to bless the Jews. I'd be crazy not to bless the Jews. Do you understand? Because that means that you're not going to be blessed. Because we are a body. 1 Corinthians. Let's go there. we got to go through two scriptures and then we'll, we'll, go, we'll close it out. In 1 Corinthians, this is... Uh, this is very, very interesting here. 
but it's what God gave me. So I, I hope you love the word. First Corinthians chapter six. Let's start in verse two. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not uh, competent to constitute the smallest law courts? And 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 only the Senate, you know, you need to you need to realize that if you're gonna judge uh, the world, that you should be able to judge these small uh, matters that don't, don't, these small matters that don't even matter much. Verse three, do you not know that you would judge angels? And he's talking to the to the church now. How much more? matters of this life. So if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are to are of, of no account in the church? Now <clears throat> this is a this God says is important because in our government we know that judges make decisions. Does affect all of us. The higher the, the court system, like the Supreme Court, you want judges who are, are of some account. You don't want judges who are of no account to the church. Come on. I said this to your shame. Is it so that there is no there is not among you one wise man who will be able to decide between his brothers. So the brothers were going to law against each other and before unbelievers. And this verse says, but brother goes to law with brother and that before the unbelievers? He said, no, it should never be that way. Never be that way. So if we're going to vote for judges, let's vote for somebody who is righteous, somebody who's in Christ, who is going to follow the word of God. Otherwise, they're going to make decisions that is going to be detrimental to people. Verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you do not be deceived? That is very important. He doesn't want us to be deceived because the enemy, the devil, will try to deceive us. Don't be deceived, he's saying. Neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. He said, don't be deceived. And there are people who will try to deceive you and, and try to make you think everything is okay. That, you know, it doesn't matter about whether you're a drunkard or not. It doesn't matter whether you're a thief. It doesn't matter. You know, you got a right to do what you want to do. Do it. You know? it's, not, it's not okay. If he says do not be deceived, don't be deceived. He says that anybody who falls in any of those above is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Not. It's just not. You say, well, but, but, but uh, I was born a swindler. I was born a reviver. You know, I can't help myself. I was born a drunkard. No, you weren't. Don't be deceived. Because look at verse 11. It says, such were some of you, 
such, what's the verb? Were some of you, but you were washed. Praise God. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So that means that any of those above things, it says that we were some of those too. Before God saved our soul, washed us with his blood, sanctified us, justified us. I'm so glad God delivered me from my pre-Christian days. Aren't you? Unless you were born righteous and sanctified. So, wow. Okay, God, you are you are great. I mean, whew, you are great. Let's end up with um, this verse in Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah verse 1, chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verse 5. Let's, let's, let's end on that. I know you like the word of God and you like to hear it, but I can't keep, keep you too long. Before I formed you, when was that? Before... Who formed me? God formed me. He formed you. Before I formed you, where? In the womb. You know, I didn't just poof out. No, you just didn't poof. No, (laughs) no, you didn't do that. I knew you. You mean before God formed me in the womb, He knew me? He's talking to Jeremiah. He says, and before you were born, before he was born? You mean you matter before? You you come out of the womb? Before you uh, take your first breath? I consecrated you. Can you really be consecrated? In the womb? That's what the scripture says. The word of God is true, isn't it? I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. So it tells me that it's important a person in the womb, life starts at conception. At conception. So that tells me that we can have some apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, uh, school teachers, presidents, mayors. We can have some of everybody, even before they are born, and God has already pronounced things over them. That is good. That's good. So I just wanted to read a couple of things, about six of them. And, and you know you've got so many that you can uh, just read yourself and say, okay, these things are important to God. So now I've got to look at candidates. I've got to look at their platforms. I've got to see which ones are falling in line with some of the things God said. And these are just... This is just a few things. God is saying a lot from Genesis to Revelation. He's saying a lot. So uh, don't just go on these few little things that I put here. Uh, I, want you to, I want you to search the scriptures before you vote it's because it's important to God. So all we're trying to do today is say <clears throat> we're in a political time during the next three weeks and we want to represent God that's what we want to do so we're going to end the service today we'll say we're going to end with a blessing and we're going to pray for people uh, for salvation of people I want to do that because I don't want to to think that there are, there are nobody in Lynchburg, Virginia or in the world 
who is unsaved because we know that they are. And we want to give people an opportunity because if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, there's no way you're going to, um, well, there is a way if, if God does it, but normally a person can't um, be godly, vote godly, if they're not godly. So you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, and then you want to start doing the things that we all need to do, and what he says to do is to uh, start reading what he says, praying to him, asking him to show you you need to uh, be discipled. You need to go to classes. Uh, if they offer classes, uh, like we offer on, on uh, Wednesday night, you, you, you want to try to do all you can to be around the people of God uh, so that you can uh, become uh, more like Jesus. That's what you want. So if, you, if you're listening today and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, that's the, that's the first thing you want to do is give your life to Jesus Christ and uh, ask him to help you to grow in him and to please him more. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.